everybody. It's your girl Kenny B, and I'm here for another episode of the Black Content Corner here in the year of 2021. We made it out of 2020 by the grace of God, but along with coming into 2020, uh, the BS kind of spilled over into 2021. Uh, <clears throat> I don't even know. Actually, I didn't know how even to start like the first episode of the year, but thankfully the Caucasians just cooked up this lavish meal and set it right in front of me to be able to come and come to you all and to talk about the foolishness that happened last week in Washington, D.C. So as we all know, I think I was minding my business. I, I was still at work. I know that much. And I just happened to go on Facebook and I saw that shit had hit the fan. <laughs> and what was going I didn't even know that there was a rally on the 6th. So apparently there was this rally that Donald Trump had um, in D.C. and all his people came and he they had these speeches, whatever. But after that, he basically told them to go to the Capitol and I won't say all hell broke loose, but this thing called an insurrection. And I was like, what the fuck is an insurrection? So I looked it up, definition. It's a violent uprising against an authority or government. So whenever people say insurrection, that's what they mean and that's how they apply it to the situation that happened on the 6th. But, the first thing that I thought of and I wanted to actually start this conversation off with was Miriam Carey, who was a 34-year-old black woman that was actually shot to death by the Secret Service and the U.S. Capitol Police on October 3rd, 2013. Mind you, she was driving from Connecticut, and I don't know what she was doing in D.C. Those um, details are unclear because they killed her, but she did a U-turn um, in front of the Capitol. I think she actually did. Well, she went in reverse and hit a police car, and then she kind of drove off, and then I know they followed her, and they put guns out on her, and they actually shot 26 times in her car, and her, not to mention, her 13-month-old daughter was in the back seat. But I don't think they harmed the child, but they did kill her. So I want to, to mention Miriam Carey um, first in this conversation because that was one person not storming a federal building. A black person, let me say that. One black person not storming a federal building that was killed within like 30 minutes, I believe, that whole situation went down. Now we come to January 6, 2021, where you have hundreds of white people showing up. They, I mean... Thousands. <laughs> oh, it's thousands? Thousands. And, I mean, we, I literally saw a video of the police, like, moving the barricade so they could come through. <laughs> like, <laughs> and... <clears throat> Literally, I think I don't. If I could get like a dollar for every time I saw a black person say if they were black, <laughs> like if they were black. Well, but the, the it's it wasn't even that. Like you know, it was bad because white people were like, "Whoa, if these were black people, we know this would not be happening." Hell, when when Joe Biden comes out and says that in a fucking press conference, like says those words, you know, 
Like, this shit is unprecedented. It was wild. So, like I said, they got in there. Now, before it was really announced, I remember I did click into a live feed, and there was a person saying that somebody got shot. That wasn't reported yet, but there was someone talking about it. Because I remember people in the comments like, what are you talking about? Ain't nobody get shot. That's because it wasn't reported yet. But um, someone ended up, there were five deaths in all. And let me tell you, let me tell you what these, except for the police officer, four people died all for these white folks to go into the Capitol, taking pictures for Instagram, pissing in the hallways, got their feet kicked up in folks' offices, and that was it. Because nothing came from this. Not, uh, that, I mean, because I'm assuming they they didn't have a plan. I don't know, you know, because I remember I did see another video where someone's like, "So what? Are, what's the plan? What y'all doing?" And they up in there just walking around like, "I don't know. We just here." And it's just like people died for that. All for you to you took that picture and now you get you got arrested. And I was really close, because especially watch, I was like, I should do another episode on abolition, because this, this is here, this is it. But I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. But people, you see this, because we, and, and I, I've read a, a lot, but I read something that was like, you know, there were police police officers, like, off-duty and stuff that were, like, flashing their badges to let the people that were actually working know, like, they're police. You have military people in here, you know, a part of these crowds. Like, these are the people that have jobs to serve and protect, in quotes. And you see what kind of time they are. We know this, but now it's it's open. Maybe everyone can see what's going on. So, I also want to talk about, so, uh, the five deaths. Cause, so, you had the police officer, he got hit in the head with a fire extinguisher, and he died January 7th from his injuries. Then you had the woman <clears throat> that was a veteran, Air Force veteran. She got shot in the neck trying to climb through a broken window of a barricaded doorway inside the Capitol. Two people had strokes. Essentially, one of them was from Pennsylvania. Um, and then another woman, with this is wild, she got trampled to death holding a don't tread on me flag. What? In the world. Yes. Because your Q is looking you're at me missing, like... <laughs> you're missing the best one. Who? Someone else died? The, the man who tased himself in the nuts and had a heart attack. Oh, that's a, so that was true. I read that, but I couldn't find it anywhere else. So I was, I was like, ah, I don't know if I want to say it because I didn't see one source. So that was true. Had a taser in his pocket, tased himself in the nuts, had a heart attack. Is that was was this worth dying for? <laughs> Cause it's not a cause. Hey, listen. This is fucking what wily coyote type shit. Like the you, you got you know what I mean. Like this is cartoonish. How do you get trampled with a flag saying "Don't tread on me"? Like how what where's the iron? How do you tase yourself in the nuts and have a heart attack? Like that's some Looney Tunes type shit. It was why and, and at the so people did die, but at the worst, all there was was pepper spray. That's the only mm-hmm. thing, and tear gas is the only thing that happened to these folks. You know, they could easily go get the milk, 
and you know clear their eyes out and go back to um go back home go back to their hotels you know <clears throat> i think and go back to work the next day in a lot of cases majority of them did get to go back to work i mean which is very funny like that uh, of course this is a crowd which is I don't understand. These people are anti-government. And so to be so fiercely loyal to a president blows my mind. I don't understand. Um, but because you don't believe in the coronavirus, you didn't wear a mask. And now you having fun in front of these cameras. Now a lot of people are losing their jobs and getting arrested. Um, when... Honestly, you shouldn't be pop. You should be in pop with some rubber bullets, if not real ones, because let's let's talk about equality. That's the thing, man. <laughs> you talk about you talk about freaking people, armed people, armed people attacking a building with the vice president sitting in it, with lawmakers and members of Congress and senators sitting in it, like. And not nary a shot was fired other than, than the what? girl who was dumb. What? Like, how, I mean, that, and let's not, I think that this is kind of minimized because, like, this is such a big country and, like, 2,000 people or 1,500 people, like, that doesn't sound like a lot. But to realize that nothing like that has happened in, since, like, the 1800s, is just such a fucking wild thing and it's kind of been like why oh yeah it's crazy like to realize the level of uh corruption that 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 has to go into something like that because like you said police officers letting them in that like Mm -hmm. the danger of kicking everyone off twitter and sending them to parlor is they got to organize and Mm -hmm. i mean not well but they did it right everybody knew where to be at least um but that kind of stuff just shows you like you know either and i don't know are we are we desensitized to this because i i still i still when i get get on twitter or some type of social media you got people who are just like oh yeah rape my ass and all kinds of other stuff like not really being able to read the moment Mm -hmm. like you look at at 9 11 right and everybody remembers you know obviously where we were what we were doing how we were feeling and of course you know this happens of course we're all in our fucking house and we know what we were doing and we're all glued to the news so has that like desensitized us a little bit to it i think we're extremely desensitized to the violence and i want to be specific in saying that because because we and i'm talking about black people because whoever think there's a time where we're watching real life and we want to see people getting shot because that's what that's how we know we would get treated. That's wild to be like, uh, hello, let's start popping the popping bullets, like you know, let it rip in the looting starts. But yeah, the looting starts, the shooting starts. Where that at? Yeah, like what? Where is this violence? We want to see this violence because it happens to us. And I also think on the flip side, a lot of people made jokes and they were funny. But I think it was a way, it was painful for us to see. And I didn't recognize it until I saw that video. It starts off with a white man on his stoop saying like, you know, where are the tanks? Like if this was BLM, there would be tanks going down the street. And the black woman's in her car driving by and she was like, yeah, 
And then she she starts crying, saying like it's not right. If it was us, we would be getting killed. And it hit me. It's like that's this is painful to see because it's so blatant that if if it was us out there, like how many and uh, during the summer, a lot of us were out in the streets, and we know you know some of us were, were running or you know you were around with tear gas, and you see you've seen. I mean. On my Instagram, if you follow me, you saw on a, even after Walter Wallace got killed, I put it on my Instagram. Every time I saw the National Guard chilling on the corner with them big-ass guns, we were just living. It was a regular-ass Saturday. Wasn't nothing going on. So, and I see how, you know, their presence is made to intimidate us in black areas, um, even aside from the violence. But to know, like, when shit is popping off for white people... And you, you're not even there, but all I have to, if all I want to do is go to, to the fucking grocery store and you, you know, you post it up in front of a grocery store with these big ass guns, like, what are you doing? But, you know, I see white people that are dangerous to this society. They're dangerous to not only this country, but to the world because they don't just reside in America. They're all across this motherfucking planet. They are dangerous, and no one wants to hold them accountable. They're not going to change their views, in my opinion. I don't know what we can do to to squash that shit. Like, it's just really frustrating. It's hurtful, and honestly, my boy, and what we do as black people, we crack jokes about it. And that, and to me, I'm not going to down nobody for doing that because that one, the shit was funny, but two, that's how we cope. No, now jokes about the situation, like we always gonna get our jokes in, Mm -hmm. but like just the, I just meant in terms of like having conversations as if it weren't happening, like as if, as if our eyes should not be glued to this, you know what I mean? Like as if it's just another day. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, so I don't know if you know this, but the FBI came out with a report back in 2016 talking about how white supremacists have basically infiltrated the military and um, basically police departments across the country. Um, and that's very evident when we talk about who was in that crowd. I mean, you can go so far as to say there were there were members of Congress, elected members of Congress in that crowd storming the Capitol who have since resigned. Like, I didn't the, know the, there are there are reports coming out from the FBI that says that the reason that that the uh, Capitol security was so delayed, the National Guard was so delayed, was by design, like because of members of Congress, because mm. like they planned this. Like you look at at, at uh, videos of Ted Cruz and other senators who are like meet me down at the cat. Like they incited this riot, one hundred percent, no doubt, without question. And the fact that these people are are allowed to still be in government is just wild. And you really do think about like the levels of white supremacy, right? Because while you can make the argument that the reason we're seeing this type of uprising is because we're close to like rooting that shit out Mm -hmm. in a way Mm -hmm. um and like it's a fight for survival for them um i don't know that i believe that but i certainly know that what we saw yesterday lets me know that they could have accomplished way more Mm -hmm. if they wanted to and this isn't going to be the last we see of that because they found pipe, like real explosive bombs at the cat. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So this was like a blueprint, a test almost is what it felt like. How many can we get there without violence? How many 
can it, people can we do this with? How big can can we make this happen for anyone realizes we're there? I 100% agree. Like this is not the end. And not to mention those pipe bombs, but the the fucking gallows, aka a fucking noose that you set up on the side of the building. Like we see the messages that you are sending. And I believe, I don't know when this happened, but there was a rally in Oregon where they were openly like, we're not backing the blue anymore. Like this is it, we're done. So um, yeah, that was not an organized event, but when they do get organized, because they, like you can be upset. Um, Part of the, I do wanna talk about the aftermath. Part of the aftermath was Trump being suspended indefinitely on Facebook and Twitter. Um, And people are upset about that, like, oh, what about your First Amendment rights and all that type of stuff. But um, that's not the only place that that white supremacists gather. It's not just Twitter and it's not just Facebook. Just like we have a podcast, I'm pretty sure they have white supremacists as podcasts. There are discussion boards, there are websites, think pieces. They have all of that type of stuff. So just because they're off that, like him, him being off Twitter and Facebook is a good thing. But you have to think about them crazy ass uh, in the middle of the woods living ass people <laughs> that are that did show up. And I also want to mention that damn woman from Knoxville, Tennessee. Like, can Tennessee just stay out of it? We already got Marsha Blackburn was one of the ones trying to um, vote against, you know, c- counting the uh, counting the the ballots or whatever. And it's just like, can, can we just not be a part of the conversation? The guy that was in Nancy Pelosi's desk, he was from Arkansas. I was just like, I just love yep, it. Yep, grab it, Arkansas. Now, one thing that you mentioned, I mean, yeah, people out in the sticks and out in the woods and shit. So you mentioned Oregon. So I don't know if you know this, but, you know, you had the two, you know, basically, uh, I mean, you had like anarchist states in Oregon mm-hmm. and Portland and, and Washington over the summer. But in that, in that packed Northwest area of like Idaho, Wyoming, um, uh, Nevada parts of Utah those are like the largest concentrations of like white militias white mm-hmm. supremacies it, Montana like like it's like actually on the list people too. worry about people from the south mm-hmm. yeah you people worry about the south like that is mm-hmm. yeah all those real rural ass areas that seem unpopulated now they populated mm-hmm. and like those people and Alaska unpopulated but every motherfucker there has a weaponry like mm-hmm. I mean yeah, these are not people that you want to go to war with. Yeah, it's people. It's the states that you at least expect, right? They don't make noise. And one, it's important to say these are places that are not diverse. That <laughs> that is why you know there's no one to push their thinking whatsoever because everyone's kind of. Oh, that's a very vague and a broad paint brush statement that I'm making. That everyone's the same, but I mean it. Ugh. I mean, I do say black people are everywhere. The more you are. Yeah, I say black people are everywhere, but black people, they ain't came across no black person at all. Like, no one with any type of intersection. No, no. And and you go, I mean, you really don't have to go far from these major cities for that to be a thing. Like, you could go to, like, I went to a wedding in South Dakota one time and, uh, but I didn't see none of us in this town. Like, and we, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you don't have to go far. 
I agree. Like I've always heard about um, rural uh, Pennsylvania. Like I, you never gotta. I mean, at the most, I would go to Pittsburgh. A lot of Amish people there too. Yes, mm-hmm. and they make butter and they make fried wings. Like they come to Philadelphia and sell their food. Like rave reviews. So, uh, <laughs> um, did you know that they was like part of the Underground Railroad shit back in the day? Not surprised. I'm not surprised. Like they are like. Mm-hmm. really deeply into their Christian faith. I mean, they live differently, but they like, they love everybody. <laughs> so, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, you see them around Philly from time to time. Um, but like middle, I think they had a Trump rally in Hershey, Pennsylvania. And well, there was a black man there. I was like, oh, always, so I gotta be embarrassing us. But yeah, and Hershey's, not far from Philly. All you have to do is actually go to the suburbs of Philly. That's where all all the Trump mm-hmm. stuff was in the suburbs of Philly. And I was like, whoa, like I wasn't expecting it because Philadelphia is just so diverse. There's so many different people. It was just wild. But that's very true. Like the more rural things get, the more bright Shit. they are. You go anywhere outside of Atlanta. At, at, like, exactly. The, the suburbs of Atlanta are places that like, Mm-mm. They and they don't. They don't. They make it very well known that your ass is not welcome around there, or that they view you in a certain way. Um, like you know, we know that the and part of the the reason that Georgia flipped is because so many people have moved to Atlanta. So I wonder what does that mean for like? I mean, gentrification is not going to stop, but like what? What is? I'm interested in seeing how that that change happens across the country because. Literally, it is because people moved to Atlanta, <laughs> and y'all literally flipped a fucking state, a southern state, Georgia. Like that's wild. Uh, Texas, mm-hmm. no, Arizona got flipped. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if people realize how big of that deal that mm-hmm. is. Like Arizona, one of the most racist states around, got flipped, and Texas is on the verge of being flipped. Like mm-hmm. I, oh, yeah, I, I, I don't think people realize. Yeah, like, I don't think people, like, you know, and that's not necessarily, like, to make it political one way or the other, but it is showing that, not necessarily that people's views are changing, but the only mm-hmm. thing it tells me, I don't know if you watch TV lately, but every commercial I see, the world is getting browner. Like, mm-hmm. our country is getting browner and browner and browner, um, you know, and that kind of goes back to, to what we talked about with... I don't know if white supremacists see the writing on the wall, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. but our country is really becoming brown really fast. Um, I f- there is an article. Uh, I don't have the source for it or uh, any. Um, I just don't remember why I saw it. But yeah, so in like 50 to like 75 years, everybody's going to be brown. <laughs> like that. Mm-hmm. We are heading that direction. It, they have done a study. You know, this is what ha- it's what's happening. They're talking about by 2040, 2040, like brown people or people of color will by de- by be mm-hmm. by far the majority. Yeah, we are headed to the majority. I think that is a part of why uh, white supremacists are losing their shit because they are um not, come, they put, not becoming extinct, but they are losing. They feel like they're losing power, and they don't they're want losing to, their country. They don't, is, which is what they're saying. They're yes. fighting for their country. Exactly. That that and is that's it. what they mean. That's exactly it. 
Um, yeah, it was a woman out there like, uh, we are fighting for our country and we're doing what we have to do to save our country. And it's like, of course, no one asks like, what? What are you saving it from? <laughs> like, the question is the what? Right. The question is Well, because it's understood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like you, you look at the, look at just the last four years and how you talk about a party that has trans, that, that has just gone somewhere else right Mm -hmm. like if you're a republican we've like it's it's almost become the view of like you're either american or you're republican like you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. that's how how crazy this has become and you know there is clearly a white people a, a large group of white people who either feel they are disenfranchised or want to be disenfranchised are looking for a reason to be disenfranchised because i mean again we talk you you see the number the voting numbers joe biden had the largest turnout in history right mm-hmm. not not that far ahead of the second largest turnout in history which was donald fucking trump like there is like 80 million people who voted for this man mm-hmm. and, and probably who knows how many more who like we talked about people who don't vote like people who live out in those sticks who like don't give a fuck one way or the other they barely believe in school all they know is jesus guns Mm -hmm. and your ass is grass if you on our land like that type of shit you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like that's a very large majority or very large number of people and i mentioned this earlier when i say like these people are anti-government and these these are white people that are disenfranchised these are poor white people and it, there was a clip, I don't know if it's CNN or what, but it was a man, he was like, you know, these people are supposed to be working for us. Like, and I think he did mention, like, all they give us was like a $600 stimulus. And, you know, he's talking, he's saying that. Everybody should be mad. Right. <laughs> That's the reason we should be tearing down the fucking Capitol is because they gave us 600 fucking, like, th- like the. Th- That's what we should be doing. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like, the his sentiments are not different from what any other sane person is saying so it's so like they're so hung up on keeping whiteness um as a center and being in power that they're not even realizing that we're saying the same thing a lot of black people they're are voting are against anti- their own self-interest yeah a lot of black people are anti-government <laughs> like you know your mm-hmm. ideas are are not brand new and it's just like like what I mean there's nothing that can happen for anyone to change their minds or change their minds but it's just like we're not going to get anywhere and it's just like well I guess we'll have to sit back and see what the fuck happens because I feel like I I do Tamika Mallory referred to this as a tantrum now I I agree and I'm I kind of keep I don't know what to feel about what would happen next and because I have to see like I think we this is a spillover from like the craziness of 2020 but we'll have to see like I feel like in March I will say that inauguration needs to be private do not stand your ass outside putting your hand on a bible getting sworn in no we got it it's a different time different year you need to go into like a bunker and do that shit or do it at midnight on the 20th and then be like, oh, we had it already. Like, <laughs> Joe Biden, don't stand mm-hmm. your ass outside. <laughs> do not do it. It's just it's not. I mean, I know I was scared for Barack Obama and nothing happened. But Biden? or No, uh, but we never seen nothing like this. Right. It's you and Kamala say y'all ass is where, somewhere hidden. 
and something steal because it's just not safe. And I hope they're having that conversation. I hope someone has thought of that. They should. Trump said he ain't showing up. I mean, of course, we don't want your ass anywhere, but, you know, it could be a hidden agenda because that motherfucker is... He is open and willing to let these folks do whatever in the name of him because he's an egomaniac. So... I'm going to kind of transition you to your next point of the 25th Amendment and impeaching Donald Trump because, mm-hmm. like, we're, we're headed right there and there's a lot that, like, I, f- I feel like there's been a lot of missed opportunities and I kind of want to talk about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so for those, I- I'll let you explain. This is your podcast. My bad. This ain't the basketball <laughs> podcast. My no, so a part of the aftermath, uh, another aspect of the aftermath is people want to invoke the 25th Amendment and then we had Nancy Pelosi she's pushing for a a second impeachment and it's kind of like well what does this mean so the 25th Amendment basically involves like the removal of a president or like what happens if he dies or something you know it it, the wording evolved after the assassination of, of JFK so basically they want Mike Pence to invoke the 25th Amendment to remove Donald Trump because they feel like he's unstable, which true. Um, with um, let me, I got this from CNN, I believe. So I'll restate what I said in a better terms. Invoking the Twenty Fifth Amendment will require Vice President Mike Pence and a majority of the cabinet to vote to remove Trump from office due to his inability to discharge the powers and duties of his office. So I don't. Pence, I we never see him really, so I don't know really what his is. I don't think he'll do it because we're so close to the twentieth. I don't think. I mean, I do think he feels some type of way uh, with Trump letting them folks do that, and he was in the Capitol. I <laughs> the twenty the twenty fifth amendment isn't going to happen. Um, just there, there's no there is no point of that. Impeachment does make sense after because you can impeach after the fact uh, after he leaves office. Um, that way you can prevent him from running in 2024. Um, but the thing that I find most interesting is so Mike Pence is basically not answering the calls from Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. He basically disappeared. And so he so they're not doing the 25th Amendment and you have to have 13 members of that cabinet the cabinet that the president appointed. So uh, invoke that. So it's just not going to happen. So impeachment is, you know, the the best route. But there's so much that's about to go on into this because there's we're about to get into the time where we're trying to figure out if Donald Trump can pardon himself from his crimes and all mm-hmm. this kind of crap. So, like, this is going to be a long, long, long year. And I hope people don't, like, let up or breathe a sigh of relief because I keep hearing that. Ah, we made it. Like, no, we still have to fight for 2022. We still got to fight for 2020. Like, we still have to fight. We're only in the beginning. Yeah, and so um, a part of impeaching him also, I think, uh, aside from uh, banning him from being able to take a federal office, uh, especially trying to run for president in 2024, I think his benefits, like the post-presidency benefits, um, are taken away as well, like a detail and, like, a budget for him to do whatever he wants you know or needs to do after that i think that's taken away as well i also earlier today saw um um that congress is thinking about waiting until biden's first 100 days 
to do the impeachment. So, yeah, we don't know how long it's going to be. That's why I say I'm going to hold off until March to see, like, what actually is going to happen with this. But it was a while. What was that? Six days into the new year. And it's just like a shit show. I know other countries are looking at us fucking crazy. I mean, they've been looking at us crazy since 2016 because he got into office in the first place. But I can say it's like hunker down. I mean, shout out to the folks in Georgia and Atlanta. I have to say something. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you just said that. Stacey Abrams, I just bought her book. Like, Stacey Abrams is my fucking hero. Like, Stacey Abrams is my hero. And if, she, like, Whatever can get her into governorship in 2022, like that is the like to, to if y'all out there don't understand how important that woman is to getting us to this point, like you know what I mean? Like that is how we start to see the changes and that is how we start to make the difference. And I hope she gets her fucking credit because she's incredible. I actually want to go back to an episode when we were first talking about Kamala. Um, Stacey Ambrose was in the running to be a VP pick. I knew your ass was going to bring that up. <laughs> I knew you was going to bring that up. Fellas, ladies don't forget nothing out here. <laughs> I'm not going to repeat what you said. But, but I was going to say, she was in the running for a VP pick. And I wonder what that would have looked like now, you know, looking back at it. So I think whatever Stacey wants, I think she is going to get on the political front. Um, I think the next race for them, because it just happened, is it 2022? Maybe next year she could run for governor. Um, so we'll yep. see um, what her future is. I mean, the world is in her palm as far as the opportunities that she's going to be able to have. So um very happy. But for you her. know what? We the the thing about the like I, I, I consider myself more independent. The thing about the Democrats though, some real missed opportunities. They need to get younger. Like, there is no, like, millennials, I don't know how, like, how old, like, the world thinks millennials are, but we are all in our, like, the youngest millennials are, like, late 20s. Like, we're all 30s, hitting 40. Like, there's no reason that we should be voting for 70-year-old people in Nancy Pelosi's fucking case, 80-year-old people. Like, Mm -hmm. the, the, the Democratic Party needs to take, like, needs to get younger. They have got to, because... You know, we can't keep going back to the same generation that got us to this point and expect different results. Like Joe Biden, you know, of course he says what he's going to say to get elected. He may have Mm -hmm. some great ideas and maybe he can save the world. But what's next? Like, who do we go to next? Like, what's the drop off? Because if the Republicans have shown one thing, they are willing to fight dirty and they are fucking mm-hmm. smart. Like they and they and they know how stupid we are as a people. So like, mm-hmm. uh, and that's not. I just mean as like liberal, you know, progressive people, we just we give up. You know what I mean? And so, 2024 and 2022 and 2024 are going to be very very interesting to me. Yeah, um, I have my eye on Simone Sanders. That is his chief of staff, I believe. Now she's a black woman that was behind his campaign. Um, she's been on CNN. She was a talking head for a few years. A very bright black woman. So I'm looking at you, Simone Sanders. I ain't looking at him. I'm looking at you. And his picks, his picks so far, I mean, it's always it's a person of color. It's, I think he has an all woman communication. There's a lot. Staff. There's a, the optics. Are, the, the optics are looking good. 
but we have to see mm-hmm. what the fuck you finna do. I still got this student loans, which I'm real confused about mine because you know they didn't ha- they um, stopped the payment. Like we ha- we didn't have to pay in 2020 basically because of the pandemic. But Betty DeVos asked, she canceled two of the biggest contracts of the people that were carrying the student loan debt, which included my my person. And that ended, the contract ended December 15th, 2020. She just resigned. I'm sitting here looking like, well, I don't want to pay these things anyway. So I don't even know what the fuck is going on on that end. <laughs> we, you in wait and see mode, huh? Uh, yeah, we'll wait and see. If I, I'm not paying nobody nothing because right now I don't have a, a, someone that's that's in charge of my, my debt. So it's just like, so what the fuck am I going to do? <sighs> But I ain't the only ones a lot of people. Because it was an... I don't think Navy it was one. I don't know. Anyways, that's all I'm going to talk about. But it was a lot of shit. I think... I know that politics isn't everyone's favorite. It, it's not mine either. But we definitely have to keep our like eye to the ground. I know that... Um, and you mentioned about people getting older. Let me step back a little bit. I think it's going to take time. Because we're just, like, we've seen um, around the, the country, like, younger mayors. And it made me think of, like, um, the mayor of Compton, the mayor of Baltimore now. Um, Stockton. Stockton. So the mayors are getting younger. It just, I feel like it's like a trickle-up type of thing. I know, I remember the guy from Michigan. He's like a U.S. representative. He's really young. So... It's going to take some time because we are, and I think one one thing that people are hesitant, especially our age, is like we are, especially progressives, like who should be into politics, but we don't fuck with the system. So it's like, yeah, so you don't want to be in the system because you don't fuck with it. Because I mean, I I think so the, the pool of candidates is really small. I'll say that for younger people. Um, so I think it'll, it'll take some time. It, I do want to mention Death to 2020 on Netflix is not black content. Samuel L. Jackson is on there and Leslie Jones is on there. But it's like this um, mockumentary that uh, does an overview of the year 2020. It's really funny. And they really harp on Biden's age. When I thought, like, those are my favorite parts of this shit. was so fucking funny. So definitely watch that if you haven't seen it. It's really good. Um, but I will trend and with that I'll transition on to what the fuck I've been Um, first I wanna mention it's not on my list. Marriage at First Sight. Um, the season twelve Atlanta starts this week. Um, very excited. I saw one of the black couples, the man said that he wants his wife to be um, submissive to him, but also a freak. So if this is the foolishness that we're getting <laughs> I can't wait. Hell, you know Atlanta about uh, Atlanta just about to show up and show out. I already know this. I want to. So the pandemic really affected the New Orleans season, season eleven. So I want to. Well, actually, the coronavirus does not exist in Atlanta apparently. So maybe it'll just be uh, business as usual. So, but I, I'm very excited. I look forward to seeing it. I just want to keep that on the radar because I will be talking about it each week once it starts um so i also found this show called undercover on amazon prime i'm actually still in the middle of watching it um it has sophie oconito adrian lester and daniel ezra 
Daniel Ezra is actually the guy from All American, if you watch that. It's only six episodes. It's actually not a new show. It's a British show. And it came out like a couple of years ago. But I just saw it on um, under uh, on Amazon Prime not so long ago. But so far, so good. Um, I don't want to give any details. But I'll move on to Bridgerton. Have, are you going to watch Bridgerton? It's on Netflix. Ah. Yeah, it look oh like well, you know what? Out. You didn't watch Scandal or anything. Bridgerton is a Shonda Rhimes yeah. production. Um, it's eight episodes long. And another, well, I don't know if it's. I guess it is considered a British show, even though it's Shonda Rhimes thing. Um, so it's in the year of eighteen thirteen, and we get a mix of uh, we get black people a part of. Um, the normal societies of back then. It, even the queen is black, which I think everybody's excited about. There is a scene where she shows up to a ball with a big-ass afro, and I was like, oh, shit. Like, it's amazing. I think one of her wigs also was like locks. Whoopi Goldberg did this in the 90s. What? With Brandy. An Asian boy they was marrying. <laughs> I mean, that was Cinderella, but this is like... A bigger budget. It has um, drama and sex, and I'm assuming it looked good. I'm assuming this was supposed to go to ABC, or it would have been on ABC, and then they fucked it up. No, it's part of uh, her. Like she got like a ten year contract with with them with Netflix. Mm-hmm. No, I'm yeah, saying like since she that could have been on ABC if they didn't piss her off. Oh, I see what saying. you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, does it feel like a, a primetime TV show? Yeah, minus the sex. Yes, that definitely could have been on ABC. That's why I was like, this could, this had to have been planned to be on ABC because remember, Scandal ended. How to Get Away with Murder ended. It was time for another show. I mean, Grey's Anatomy ain't going nowhere. But we don't want shows on network TV. You want that? You want the full art, like on Netflix and HBO. True. So Beautiful. yeah, because they can't. Were they cursing? I don't think they were cursing. But you know, I do want to say shout out to let's see the black people. I can say their names: Rajay, Jean Page, Ruby Barker, Adjua, and Doe Martins, M. M. Hecky. Golda Rochevale and Catherine Drysdale. Those are the black folks. Um, did that get everybody? Yeah. So that was like the black folks that were on there. Like I said, it's eight episodes. Um, it's it's super popular. I know there's going to be. I want to say I saw something that said there were going to be eight seasons because it was so popular. They've given her eight seasons of the show. We know Shauna can do it. So. I look forward to it. I did enjoy the story. I, I binged it in like two days. So, um, and the last thing that I've been watching, this also is not really black content, but black people are on it. Too. There are three black people. Um, it's called The Wilds, and it's on Amazon Prime. I like the, I, it started off shaky for me, but I ended up really liking it by the end of it. Um, it's 10 episodes. It has Helena Howard and Rain Edwards on the show, and it's about... These teenage girls were in a plane crash and they're deserted on this island. And all of this is not by mistake. Like this this crash and them being deserted happened on purpose. And you kind of learn the story and like how they um, try to survive on this island. And I actually really like the premise of the show. And there, I 
it ended on a cliffhanger. I hope that didn't spoil anything, but it ends on a cliffhanger, so I know another season is coming. Um, movies, movies, movies. So, I watched Ma Rainey's Black Bottom on Netflix. Uh, as we all know, this is Chadwick Boseman's, like, last film. So, I was kind of dreading have, watching it, and it made me sad, but it's like, I don't know how long it was. But it has Viola Davis, Chadwick Boseman, Glenn Turman, Taylor Page, Coleman Domingo. It, it's based off a play. And I think it's important, especially when you, before you go in watching something that's based off a play, it's a lot of dialogue, a lot of talking, not really much action. So if you've seen Fences, who else was all based on a play? It was something else that I watched, and I was um, the, it's a lot of them. It's a lot the of them. The one with Carrie uh, Washington, they made fun of her face, facial expressions. That's based on American yeah. Sun. American Sun. Um, that's based off a play. So if you haven't seen it yet, Four Color Girls. Yeah. So a lot of talking, but I think it's worth the watch. It's really good. Um, yeah. But it still has this kind of not dark cloud, but it's kind of somber because you know this is Chadwick Boseman's last film. Um, so, mm. now we're gonna move. I on. liked it. You, you did. I liked it uh-huh. better. I liked it. I, uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I thought, um, you know, it, it was, it was something I really wanted to see, right? Like because I'm so fascinated by that time period. Um. And it just had a bunch of great actors in it. I mean, it, it was a really well done movie, and it wasn't. It didn't drag out forever. Like I, I, I just mm-hmm. thought it was a very good movie that doesn't really get like this is something that was new, new. Like it wasn't something I'd seen before in a good way. Maybe like the five heartbeat type shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I really like. I know it was the Mob Rainey wasn't the focus of necessarily the the movie, but I definitely liked like the things that she was saying and how she conducted herself in her business. I really appreciate it. So I really did like that. And it's Viola Davis. She gonna give you a fucking good performance. So um, the next thing, Sylvie's Love on Amazon Prime. Another kind of period piece had Tessa Thompson. I'm gonna ruin his name. In Namdi. Namde Asamoah. Oh, I'm glad you knew. <laughs> he used to play for the Raiders. I knew he was a football player uh, at one point in time. Not just a football player, a great, like a really, oh, really? really good football player. Oh. Yeah, he, he was like an all-pro. He was very, very good. Hmm. Never would have guessed. Um, I guess by his stature, but I guess he's had time to lose weight. Because he looked very slim in the movie. Or maybe mm-hmm. he did that for the role. I don't know. I also, I mean, I have to mention this, but it's Kerry Washington's husband. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think it's his first film, I think. Yeah. He's been doing plays um, okay. up to this point, Broadway up to this point. I want to mention Tone Bell uh, and Aja Naomi King because they were in there. Uh, the guy from Bridgerton was in this. I have to rewatch it because I didn't notice him, but I'll I watch it again. Um, this is set in the 60s, and it's like a love story. It, it's like a 60s version kind of Love Jones, but with a bit of historical context sprinkled in there. Um, it was good. You know, I saw some people say, oh, excuse me, say that it was boring. And it made, we talked about the photograph a couple weeks ago, and I kind of put Sylvie's Love in that category, kind of. I mean, there was messiness to it, but it wasn't 
it was just the times. I don't know. It to me, it just wasn't. It wasn't like Baby Boy. It was just like fucking hot, hot assness. But it's the period though, right? Because mm-hmm. like it's the fifties and sixties, and that's the the period that like for whatever reason people don't like to. That's the period where it's like, oh yeah, my grandma and grandparents mm-hmm. they stayed married through all this that, and the other. And like when we show you stuff about that time period, you're bored by it. But like the I personally I thought it was great. I like that they really paid homage to like the the time of the 50s mm-hmm. and 60s they spoke that way the the language the dialogue it felt authentic and you know Tessa Thompson beautiful Nambe Asamoah like a, a just a very handsome dude like just an attractive like cast all around Tone Bell who you like you say who's a very talented dude um and of course um Asia Naomi King I mean just I loved it I thought I I loved everything about this movie of course, I really liked uh, Aja uh, Naomi King's character because we saw her, like her transformation, like when she started working for like uh, the civil rights movement, basically, and like she was doing different things. Um, and also, Sylvie was doing what the fuck she wanted to do. He asked her to come to go to Paris with him. She said no. <laughs> she did. She got her career. She ended up with a husband. And I, and what you mentioned about like how. You know, your grandparents stayed together for a long time. From a women's aspect, they had to because they didn't work. And, you know, you know, the times were different for women. And you had to send them to horrible-ass marriages just because. Ask how many of them were happy. Mm-hmm. They were not happy about There's it. There's a reason you saw divorce skyrocket in the 70s. Mm-hmm. So, um, I liked it. I felt like it was, you know, a bit of a, like a black feminism movie on the low. But there was love. And it was a mess. I'm trying to find. So it was dedicated to Diane Carroll, Doris Day, and somebody else. And I can't figure out who the other person was. Because he was a black person. Oh, well. If you Google it, you can find it. It's It, it was dedicated to three women of the time. Um, so the last movie that I wanted to highlight was Soul from Disney+. Plus. And it had Jamie Foxx, Felicia Rashad, Angela Bassett, David Diggs, Questlove. Now, I loved Soul. Like, a lot. I watched it, like, four times in, like, a week. And so, when I started seeing the criticisms, I started taking it personally. (laughs) I was upset. What was the criticism? So... The criticisms were that people were saying that 22, which is a soul, was a white woman taking over a black man and trying to, and like this black man trying to save a white woman. I see what people are saying. I see you, I do not agree. And with every fiber in my being, I do not agree. Um, I know there's a time to- Everything ain't that deep, y'all. Everybody, everything ain't that. Everything don't need to think piece, man. Like, it ain't that deep. Ooh, the, I think the think piece that really sent me over the edge was Lovey's sick think piece because the way that she said, she was like, um, she recognized that people were saying 22 was a soul that had never lived a life. If you have not, if you have not watched Soul, if you have not watched Soul, fast forward to this part because I'm going to tell a part of the movie. 22 was a soul that never lived a life. 
even like she had never been on earth she did not want to go on earth and i shouldn't say she because if you notice they didn't even use she he pronouns in that time in that place they called them by their number the only person that used pronouns was the main character played by jamie fox and i think because he had been on earth and they ex explicitly talk about why her voice sounded the way it was. They gave the explanation. It is us, the adults, the black adults, and the baggage that we carry and the hurt that we carry from this world that put that on this soul who has never lived a life. You can't say this is a white woman trying to steal his body when she is not a white person nor a woman. She is a soul, or they are a soul. And it just really hurts me <laughs> to see that stuff. It's, it's like, that's like, again, it ain't that deep, y'all. Like, everything ain't racist in, in that regard. You know what I mean? Like, this was a very well done movie that, like, isn't, it, it ain't all that, y'all. It ain't all that. There was a good thing. The movie was great. He said the movie was so good, he didn't get into those type of specifics uh, with the movie. And I, and I, the thing with that movie, like I cried watching that movie because it really hit my ass, you know. If if you couldn't be impressed by like the representation and the realism of how they represent our community and like the barber scene, like just like just the diversity of black people through music through life, like. That movie was something that you would want to show children. Like, j just show motherfucking in general that, like, it was a well-done movie about black people that, that with no negative connotations. None. And I think it's... You know, just black people living life. Mm -hmm. It's important to know. It was in that think piece. Uh, I think his name is Damon Young. But um, he said that that movie wasn't... It's not a black movie. And the, the person who created it was white. It just so happened the main character is a black man. I think that's very important when we talk about like the content for black people because what we when we saw him being a black person we automatically assume like this is a black movie and this is for us and I think this is for a later conversation about I think it's dangerous to call black movies just like making it a black movies uh, movies with an all black cast making it a black genre and that's that's why it's hard for black actors and actresses to get the jobs. And they get kind of yep. stuck in the black genre, genre. So I think that is also important. It This wasn't a black movie. You know, it just so happens to have a black um, main character, which is the first black protagonist in a Disney movie, which is why this is kind of a, a big deal and it caught our attention. Because we were already, there was already going to be an issue with the movie when we first saw it a couple months ago and we saw that this black man's gonna be a soul because <laughs> it was this why, why are black <laughs> why are black characters always not in their in their black bodies but so mm -hmm. I think they saw that and changed it I really think they changed that movie because they saw that backlash but like I said if you haven't seen it go see it for yourself it, it, it has some tissues a music Jasmine Sullivan. You whoa, whoa, you can't leave TV without without real quick. You're not gonna acknowledge that our boo, 
our our auntie is back on network TV whipping ass and taking names. Who? Queen Latifah, what? the Equalizer, back on Fox. Yes. <laughs> Queen Latifah out whooping ass. She she out here. I don't know what it is. She's some kind of cop, and she is doing flips backwards, roundhouse kicks, mm. shooting all type of yeah. shit. Looks good. It's on Fox. Yeah, I just want to throw some love. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll see. Yep. Fox doesn't have a good history of black TV shows, but we'll see. The same Fox that did Martin. Like, Fox was black in the 90s. Now, if you're talking about the 2000s, I will agree with you. But mm-hmm. Fox was very black in the 90s. I mean, we were... Black folks were really doing well in the 90s, show-wise. <laughs> you know, we, 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 we took some time to, to re, re, rebuild. We back. The 20s, we gonna, you're going to see who we are again. Okay. Shout out to Queen Latifah. You know, I'll never say anything bad about her. Um, But... Music. No, ma'am. I want to talk about Jasmine Sullivan. Did you have a chance to listen to Hotels? Uh, I'm not. Okay. Well, but I listened to her um, uh, her last uh, Tiny Desk concert. Oh, I haven't really watched it yet. You know, I'm still stuck on Chloe and Halle. <laughs> and, and Megan put something out with Apple Music. Um, Hotel, I really look forward to hearing what you have to say. It is, it is good. We got Lost One. Was a, I'm listening to it today. Lost One was a single. Uh, Pick Up Your Feelings was a single. Um, so I knew. I didn't expect this album to one. I don't. It wasn't on my radar. But I mean, this on it with Ari Lennox. Phew. Uh, Girl Like Me with her. I mean, it's a very a good perspective about women and their sexuality, and I really enjoyed it. Um. I'm so glad she did a song with Ari Lennox because those are two voices that you don't think would have been on a song together. So for her to do that, really appreciate it. It was really good. I'm here for all the collabs that I've heard in 2020. It's funny that you say that. So, because Ari, Ari Lennox did a collab with Van Jess, actually, and I, I just didn't like it. Like, I didn't think, because Van Jess has such powerful voices mm-hmm. just like Ari does. I, I just... They had a song together, and I didn't like it. So I'm, really? I'm, I haven't so far liked Ari Lennox on a ton of features. Um, but I love her individual work. I think her stuff with um, her label don't count. I'll, I'll, I'll go back. Speaking of Van Jess, they just put out a song called Curious. And that has Jimmy Tents and Garen on it. Um, I really like that song. I have to go back and listen to the one with them and Ari Lennox. Uh, and see uh, if I like it. But um, can I throw a song out there? Mm-hmm. Did you hear SZA? Good days. Yes. I can't believe I forgot to put that on there. Um, yes, I did. It was the song. If you watch the video for um, that, what's that song called? Hit different. Hit different. I was gonna say get lifted. I don't know why. Hit different at the end. Of- <laughs> it's Sunday. I get it. <laughs> At the end of that song, there's a snippet, and uh, I mean, honestly, that uh, part of that video, you really can't even pay attention to the song, because she was like half-naked gyrating on this thing, but it was a good song, and it's a really good day, it's a really good song, so I, maybe we're getting an album, I don't know if we're going to push it, but. Yeah, she's she confirmed we're getting an album. Um, There was a song that 
I, so I was uh, I was listening to something the other day. Kaylani, we talk about features and stuff. Kaylani was on, on a feature with uh, this dude called Porous or something, and the name of the song is um, it's called Cupid's Curse. And if you want to know like where where people are asking like where are all the males in R and B at? If you want to know where they're at, go listen to Cupid's Curse, and you see Kaylani runs circles around this dude on his own damn song. Like the like. The, the, the level that these women are at right now, like, is not a lot of dudes out here that are, like, keeping up. Because, like, go listen to that song, y'all, and I'm telling you, like, oh, shit, Kehlani really ripped this shit. And it gets to the dude's part whose song it is, mm-hmm. and you're just like, well, God, yeah. it's trash. <laughs> so, like, the women are doing their thing out here, so I'm excited for this Jazz and Solo album. And I love Van Jess, of course. There, I mean, we all know that there are, there are male R&B singers that just have I'm yeah. gonna say that's very interesting that you mentioned I want to do are they looking for deals or no because you know SZA has a deal you know these women have deals and they're coming out and, and getting radio songs out there and I mean it's some cats out there like like we talked about like Lucky Day is mm-hmm. up and coming um Ro James is another one who's hot um BJ the uh, Chicago uh, kid what's that light skin boy's name Giveon BJ uh, I like him a lot yeah Giveon um and then of, uh what's that light skin boy's name Aaron uh Aaron somebody Aaron Ray mm-hmm. so it, I mean it's some it's dudes out there but they, like they're not they're not hitting like like you have to think about who those dudes are like we know who Kaylani mm-hmm. Ari Lennox her scissor like these are people who are like kind of keeping the, the genre afloat right now because i feel Aiko. like dudes are just in yeah well i think uh-huh. she's overrated but that's that's what? Not, i think she's beautiful i love her work i'm just saying she's not sade like everybody tries to make her out of i'm not saying she's sade but i mean it's just a part sade in there she just put up a chalumbo medley on youtube with the singing balls and you cannot tell me that girl i love your name I fuck with Janae heavy, I do, but like I just I feel like Janae is not the like. It's not like oh Janae dropped out, I gotta go listen to it. It's like yeah, I get to it. You know what I mean? Like I disagree. You know. That's my. I think after the Chalumbo, like I I wouldn't say I would go hard for her pre Chalumbo, post Chalumbo. I'm I am gonna be the person that's going hard for Janae. I go. I will say that. <laughs> well. It's just. That's I mean, my girl. Hey, I came front. I mean, she, she's beautiful. I like her voice. I mean, she's she's with it. Like, I, mean, I got no problem with it. I mean, she's you stick no up. What's Lennox, your girl? Though. What's your girl's name? Um, who? Justine Scott. Don't you say nothing bad about yeah, Justine. I, that, I'm saying you. You Who's go hard. Still ain't listen to. Go hard for her. I mean, I will listen to it. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Just so there's a disclaimer, I just like the last album. Everything that oh, Justine Scott okay. put out before that, I'm not capping for. <laughs> I just like her last album too. But Justine, if you listen, baby, I love you. Uh, you sexy, you know all that. Uh, Justine, if you listening, I need you to put out some R&B songs. Same for uh, what's that girl from Fifth? You Harmony? ain't even listen to the album. Fifth Harmony girl, they they keep propping up. I need y'all to make some moves Look, now. Go listen, go listen to Justine Scott album, okay. and then get back to me. Okay, I will do that. I hey, will make but, sure I listen to the album. Make that your project for the week, okay? I will hey, say the songs that really... There's one song... Actually, there are two songs that I just have been listening to all the time, and they're not new. Uh, it's Ungolly Hour, Chloe and Halle, 
and Jobs by City Girls. The City Girls have just really captured my heart. And <laughs> they're not my femcees of the week, but the one who is, is Lakia. She's from Milwaukee. She's 19. I think she just put her first album out, but she did a song with the City Girls called Female Goat. I think she's a really good rapper. She actually sounds like she's from Detroit. So I was very, I guess it's not too far off from Milwaukee, but she definitely sounds like she she raps like she's from Detroit. Um, but she put out an album called Time's Up on December 11th. Just want to give her a little shine. Um, I hope, you know, for her to get a, a feature with City Girl, I'm pretty sure she's up and coming. So look out for her and check out the songs called Female Goat. Um, the, I only have a couple of things. Hmm. One, before I get into this last thing, um, I posted on Instagram, but Be Good, which is Beyonce's foundation, she partnered up with the NAACP for rental assistance. So um, they ha- they're giving out grants for up to $5,000. So if anyone is in need for rental assistance, go to the NAACP.org and, and put in your application. I thought that was very important to put out during these times since they only handing out $6,000. And maybe, maybe we might get two thousand in, in a couple of months. Um, the last thing I want to talk about um, that came out before we go is um, Q. I'm pretty sure you saw this. There was a 14 year old black boy that was accosted by this crazy ass white girl who um, accused him of stealing her phone. Well, this crazy woman, um, and I say woman intentionally um because she's 22 a woman she did it her interview with gail king is is dropping i think monday but we got a snippet and that girl um excuse me woman she can go straight to hell <laughs> straight to hell this is the t- type of white privilege entitlement shit that we talk about every day that girl should be in jail and she lucky because if I if that if I was that boy's daddy, ain't no telling what I would have done. Like he did the right thing, but he did do the right thing. Lit. He better be no. She better let her mama wasn't there because that's who would have been able to beat mm-hmm. her ass like she needed to be beat. And that mama would have maybe got a slap on the wrist. Now I'll say that these are this these are the times where it's hard. Everyone knows I'm an abolitionist. I don't believe in jails and prisons and all that shit. So these are the times in. in in situations that... No, they, white folks need jails. <laughs> right. These are the times the situation was real hard to, to stick to those beliefs. <laughs> <laughs> because she got arrested and she's probably on her way to jail because the way that she's been acting on TV and she's had prior arrests, she's going to be in jail. And I really hope when she gets to whatever county jail she goes to and those bars clean... Bitch, I hope they stomp your ass out every single day that you in there because you really tried it. And that gal with your hand up enough, you sh- you should have been bust outside the head then. And then they had the audacity to one, you, we know you don't take it seriously because you showed up in a fucking daddy hat and your them glasses probably wasn't even yeah, real. Yeah, what was that? Gail said her attorney advised her to take it off and she said no. So the attorney's like, F- I bet the attorney's like, fuck this shit, just give me my check and you're going to get whatever you get. Because <laughs> she, she was like, cause especially when she told her Gail enough, she was like, stop. And the girl kept going. What's her name? Maya Poncetto. And I don't give a damn 
Because mm-hmm. I know you are Hispanic or Latina. I don't know which one it is. And I don't care. You look Italian to me. Either way. I'm really hoping that you get Yeah, that's Italian last name, Mia Ponsetto. Mm-hmm. That don't hey, listen, that ain't the Latinos. Either way, and now she got a little tint to her, that's all I can say. But you got some <laughs> you got some hard times coming your way, sweetheart. <clears throat> but that's it. That's all I have. I'm gonna wrap this thing on up. Um, we're still keeping it the same in 2021. I'm gonna end this off with Black Women Make History 2. And this week I want to talk about Amelia Boyden Robinson. She was born August 18th, 1911, in Savannah, Georgia. In the 1930s, Robinson and her husband joined the Dallas County Voters League. She was able to successfully register to vote in 1934. And during that time, they traveled around Alabama educating people on voting rights. During the Civil Rights Movement, her her home in Selma was used as a base for Martin Luther King and the SCLC. In 1964, Robinson became the first African-American woman to run for Congress in Alabama. On March 7, 1965, she was beaten and as a result, we saw a photograph of her unconscious um, during the Bloody Sunday March. In the movie Selma, she was played by Lorraine Toussaint. And in 2015, if you see, look back at the photo, she was the woman in the wheelchair next to Obama um, traveling across the, the bridge for the 50th anniversary of the march. In 1990, she was awarded the MLK Freedom Medal. And in 1992, Robinson helped found the International Civil Rights Solidarity Movement. So we thank you, Amelia Boyd Robinson, for your lifetime commitment to fighting for civil rights. So thank you. We appreciate it. Love you. And that's it this week for that first episode of 2021. We'll see you all next week. Bye.